Hey everyone, this is Nerius from Misab team and you are listening to the podcast NSU Talks. More people than ever are building cool stuff online and reaching out to a broader audience. So we decided to do the same and reach out to our lovely students to discuss the ideas, opportunities and the activities that happen around Northumbria University and the Students Union. Today's show is going to be a little bit about well-being and we got two guests today, Priyana, who's our well-being manager, and Grace, who's our vice president of welfare. So hi everyone, I'm Grace, I'm the Vice President Welfare at the Student Union. So my job is just to keep students happy, healthy and safe at the time at university and make sure it goes as smoothly as possible. Hi everyone, I'm Brianna and I'm the Wellbeing Manager at the Students Union. Similar to Grace, my role is here to look out for students, but also manage kind of what we do as a Students Union to support you and also working with the university. I've been working in wellbeing for some time now, so although I'm not a student, hopefully I can help. That sounds good. Question arises to my mind, like, what is a student well-being, guys? What, what do you think about it and how it is important and why? I think student well-being, like, encompasses a lot of different things from sexual health to mental health to things you probably wouldn't even think of to thoughts, feelings, everything encompassed in the mind and, and the body as well. Like, it's not even just mental health, it's physical health. It's, it's making sure you're looking after yourself and you feel... Um, at your highest point that you could possibly be um, and that is really important when you're a student because I think there's a whole lot of things that you you only experience as a student that no one else experiences and that's why we're here we're here to support the students through that don't know if you have any other thoughts Brie yeah I definitely think at first glance well-being can kind of be considered just your general happiness or making sure that you're happy. But like Grace has said, it's much broader than that. And we kind of define well-being as more welfare that considers your social life, your financial life, your sexual well-being, all of these different things that encompass you as a person. Well, I didn't think about that before I came to this university. And like it was general being happy about being yourself, isn't it? And a lot of students are facing mental health issues these days. And uh, how, how do they cope with it? no one has the same experience like people experience the same things but i think in someone's mind it's never exactly the same experience and obviously there's a lot of support through university and through the students union and there is all over the country but i think when you do come to university it's so much different than the life that you've grew up with the school life you grew up with the home life that you grew up with especially if you do move away from home i moved away from home and it was a complete change in my life. And I don't know about you, Brie, but like Brie's an international student. I don't know if you want to talk about your experience of that as well. Yeah, definitely. So I'm from New Zealand and I literally came as far away as I could, which you'd wonder why. <laughs> um, and moving halfway around the world for uni was a lot. And I think I think what was crazy for me is the first time being in these places, the first time doing things on your own, young people not necessarily equipped with the tools like the toolbox to be able to deal with all of these mental health concerns or just adjustments to life and I think for me I didn't realize how long it was going to take me to settle into a new place I came to uni with all these thoughts of meeting all the people that would kind of be my friends for the next three years starting this new adventure getting really excited for my course but I actually didn't enjoy uni very much and it did take about a year for things to get better but I think looking back if I knew what I knew now about those tools those coping mechanisms where I can get support who I can reach out to and also how I can look after myself and set my own boundaries only thing stopping uh, people reach out for support is like fear of reaching out so how can we remove those barriers to make people comfortable coming out and say like, okay, I'm, I'm facing 
this problem? So I think it's talking about it, conversation about it is the main thing because there is, and it's getting better in the media now, but there is a stigmatisation around speaking about mental health and saying, listen, I'm struggling and I need help. There's so, so many people now who are speaking out about it so many celebrities that are coming forward saying i've had mental health issues in the past this has happened and i think when people like us as sabs talk about our mental health that kind of says to students that it's it is a normal thing and even even people higher up in the university if they were speaking about their mental health it would be a lot easier for students to come forward and speak about that i think it's also so important for those who might not have mental health concerns to equip themselves with the knowledge to be able to talk to their friends and support in moments of crisis or just on the everyday so we do mental health first aid training at the students union and this is actually one of our most popular initiatives um, but it's a really helpful way that you can learn how to support those around you. That sounds very reaffirming and it's good to reach out. But how, how does it differentiate with like general public than students? So I think there is some overlap between the student community and the general public. So cost of living is now the biggest thing, probably the biggest thing talked about in the country. And there is an overlap there. And there is support coming for the general public and students altogether. Students pay a lot of money for accommodation, a lot of money for bills. And if it's your first time moving away from home, it is difficult to manage your finances. And then there's a whole kind of cost cost crisis going on at the minute. And I think that can be stressful for students and impact their mental health. Moving to university is that big of a life event that it can affect your mental health no matter how healthy your mental health is before you come to university there is so many changes in your life that it's going to affect you no matter what and they they move away from home they they don't know how to look after themselves sometimes and i've had a friend who's been at university for five years and they've only just learned how to cook so um realistically they moved miles and miles away from home and they were living off chicken nuggets and chips for their whole university experience because that was the only thing they knew how to cook. Do you have anything to add to Brie? Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Like uni is busy. You might be working a job, you might be in societies, out with friends a lot, commuting. There's so much on if you want to take on voluntary roles and extra experience and it's just getting used to the new dynamic where you're in charge of your own studies, in charge of your own life, in charge of your own chores, in charge of your own cooking. And I think all of that has a massive impact on our well-being definitely the point about what you're eating I think it's so normal for students especially in a city like Newcastle to be drinking quite a lot and maybe not managing their food as, as well as they could but I was very naive and I partied so much at uni um because it's what you do if you're in a friend group that are doing it and it's a way of meeting people and connecting with people when you're young you sometimes t- when you're young as if I'm so old <laughs> <laughs> You sometimes don't realise the effect that things like alcohol can have on your brain chemistry, especially if you are younger, your body processes these things a lot easier. And if I drink alcohol, I will feel the effects now for like three days. I don't know if that's because I'm 22, but it shouldn't be happening at 22. I think it's just an awareness thing. If you if you come from a, a culture or a background where drinking and partying isn't like even I came from home and I didn't even party that much. I used to go out maybe once or twice a month when I turned 18 but then I I came straight to university and then I was going out 
two, three times a week and my body just was not, I don't know how I survived getting to my nanny and lectures on a Friday after a Thursday night out, but I don't know if you have any kind of input and areas on your international student experience. I think, yeah, th- that experience made me who am I now. Like I moved to the UK like four years ago. It sounds like very far away, but still I'm trying to fit into the like whole moving away thing. And it was like, at the beginning, it was very overwhelming. You still have to keep in touch with your old friends I mean not old friends 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 and then yet you keep in touch with your relatives and they want to like uh, have like constant updates like what's going on here I mean let me leave it first and then I'll yeah. give all the updates but I mean it was a very overwhelming thing uh, and I'm, I'm still trying to trying to cope up with it and it's it's hard to make people understand that give give them a little bit of time to adjust and then then they will give you any any updates what's going on any any gossip uh, around the around the world and, and yeah sometimes you don't want to tell them the gossip or the updates as well because you're a bit like oh don't know whether you need to know that yeah they, yeah that's true yes yeah just uh, some of the things you want to keep keep it to yourself yeah plus you mentioned about the mental health first aid thing which cost about 300 pounds if you want to tra- get trained out from outside but it's it's the service that we provide for free to all, all of our, all of our Northumbria students yeah definitely that's a really great point so the training is 300 pounds um usually and it is it's an intensive course it's i think it's it depends whether you do it online or in person um but it's 16 hours in total so you are getting really valuable information that's all offered to students for free we also do a bunch of other initiatives too so we have bizarre mentoring which is an eight-week cbt style course where you have a mentor and go through the program with them we do active bystander training every week as well here we do well-being wednesday days at the students union so we'll have activities on cakes coffees and sometimes it will be stuff on social media therapy dogs massages from one grace do you have any points on that because it's actually grace's initiative for well-being wednesdays it was just kind of letting people know that we are here for them for their well-being and and making them aware and making them think of their own well-being because i think sometimes uni is so fast-paced that you don't stop and think just having that space where the therapy dogs come in and and you can get a massage and you can just stop for a minute of your very fast-paced life as life is nowadays and just have that minute to yourself or have that minute in your own mind and just think this is this is the break that i needed and this is the kind of stop even if it's just for five minutes this is the stop that i needed to to think about myself and i think the university has some really valuable services that students can access they have the counseling service they have um the accessibility service that if students need any help with their work or they have any kind of medical conditions disabilities that are going to hinder them they can help put things in place for them and they can help support students through their studies like i was i was diagnosed with dyslexia and that really made me struggle in in a lot of a lot of different ways at university and they helped me put things into place and let my lecturers know. Never questioned on dyslexia and it was only until I sat down with a disability advisor at the university and they they asked me if I'd ever been tested for dyslexia and I said no and then I got testing free through the university which would have cost me around £300-£400 to get tested for that. That then diagnosis from that did really support me through my studies and helps me understand why my brain kind of works the way it does because before that I just thought I was my, my brain was a little bit wired differently to everyone else but it turns out that the, the dyslexia that I have my brain functions in a different way to help me kind of handle and cope with things that I do struggle with 
And I think that's that's really valuable that students can come forward and, and talk about these things and the university can put provisions in place for them and, and help support them through the studies so that everyone gets the same academic experience no matter what. Yeah, that, that's very eye-opening for students that they don't realise until they are far into the problem that, that they can reach out to us and like we can help them. One other thing as being an international student that I faced in my early days moving into a new setting is doing a little bit of research beforehand is very important when when you move into new setting there are people who who are genuine and really want to help you out but there are there are some people that that just look out for you and take advantage i was so naive i literally just booked a plane ticket applied to uni from another country just jumped over like i didn't think about anything when it came to moving to a new city what those struggles might be i was just very just very brave at the time yeah research is so key and and just give yourself time you know i think with social media and how fast paced everything is now we have this huge pressure to be like i'm living this perfect life straight away but it's okay take your time know that things might take a little bit of time to adjust but if you are struggling a bit it will get better that brings another point as in like fear of failure. So fear is a reoccurring thing in our lives as in how we overcome the fear of failure. Like that stops us doing amazing things sometimes. And like, do you have any insight on that from your like experience so far? I think with failure as well, it's the opportunity to grow. And a lot of people don't see that. Um, so like a personal example from me is I, at the time this was going on, I really wasn't well, I was anxious, I was depressed, I, I, I just really wasn't myself. And I was running for a committee member of a society and I didn't get that. And I thought that was the be all end all of everything. And I was like, everyone hates me, this is why I haven't got it. And then a year later, I ran for this role and I was elected into this role. I had a friend turn around to me and it kind of, stuck with me that they said you weren't meant to be vice president of a society you were meant to be vice president of a student's mm -hmm. union and I think that like really stuck with me because I was like well that failure that I experienced and it is upsetting when you do fail but that helped me grow from that experience and was like no I, I, I looked in the mirror and I recognized that I wasn't myself and I wasn't okay and I put steps in place to build myself up again and then I went for a, a bigger opportunity that was available and, and I'm so grateful that I got the opportunity and I'm still here in the job in a second year but I, I believe sometimes that things do happen for a reason and those things happen to, to help you become the person you're meant to be. The best piece of advice I can give is don't let fear stop you doing from what you want to do because if I had took that opportunity where I didn't get that committee role and I was like right that's it I'm never going to get anything like this I wouldn't have run in the in the elections and I wouldn't have this amazing job and all these amazing opportunities for me to progress in life also just be compassionate to yourself because in some instances it might not be your fault at all like if we're using um an essay as an example when you haven't done as well as you've wanted to that could be because your tutor wasn't the greatest that could be because the lectures were difficult to understand. It could be the time pressures of other things you've got on. There are so many factors. So like whilst it's great to always do our best, I think always have that compassionate lens because if you've tried your best, you've done as well as you can do. I think that's very true. It's all about taking chances and taking risks. I've got a, an interesting game about sharing something from your lives. 
So it's like it's called Dice Game and it's made by UNICEF UK. We're gonna roll a rice. Uh, not rice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're gonna roll a dice and whatever comes. Like I've got six different uh, things on here, and uh, I'll ask you to share one of that. Right. Let's roll the dice now. Chris, do you wanna go first? I got one. So. Share something that makes you feel anxious. Something that makes me feel anxious, which is very strange for the for the job that I'm in, is is change, but change in my personal life. This is something I'm currently working on with my therapist at the minute because change does really kind of scare me sometimes. Obviously, in a work setting, in a students' union setting, that's that's fine. I'm I'm advocating for change, but in my personal life, there's there's something even as stupid as what's making me really anxious is when I go home next, the kitchen's gonna be a whole different design. My mom keeps messaging me and calling me and showing me videos of it and it is making me anxious and I do register that that is kind of something that I need to work on and when plans change, I get nervous and I get anxious and it does upset me, but these are the things that I'm knowledgeable of and I know that it's an issue for me and I am working on it. Although a lot of it is out of your control, you can manage it for yourself and you can recognise how to help yourself through that. Yeah, thanks Grace for sharing that. Reed, do you want to go next? I'll, I'll go after you. Great, so I got five and that's, it's interesting. Share something that makes you feel safe. I think for me, I really prioritize time in the evening. So if I've had a really stressful day and I'm feeling very panicked, I have like an hour before bed where I just light a candle, turn off any stimulations, turn off my phone sometimes, um, and try to take some time for myself. Um, I usually try to do a little bit of yoga in these moments or might sound a bit weird, but sometimes um, I like give myself a hug and that can be really affirming and just ground you in yourself. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. That sounds really interesting. It's my turn now. Oh, I got six. Share the name of someone you trust to talk about your feelings. I think that's one thing I've not learned so far to talk to someone about my feelings, learning to share. But as a person, I'm very keeping everything to myself, which which sometimes gets very overwhelming. And I'm I'm learning on this way, like journey of life. Yeah. Do you guys have like any activity suggestions for our students that keep them going? I know it sounds really cliche and everybody bashes on about this, but um, going from somebody who absolutely hated any form of exercise, like I hated it. And when I was at my worst, I was like, a walk is not going to make me feel better. Exercising is not going to make me feel better. Like I am in the depths right now. But seriously, find something that works for you because now I cannot live if I don't have a swim and a sauna. My weekly swim or sauna, actually I go pretty much every day, um, helps me keep my life together basically. I think like there's also little methods you you can do to kind of keep yourself calm and keep yourself okay. I don't have it on today, but I have a fidget ring that I keep with me all the time. I paid a little bit more money than I probably should have for it, and um, but that does really help me and it helps me focus. And it's just a simple band of a ring with little beads on that, like I play with when I'm feeling anxious, and that helps me kind of ground me and keep me more into the conversation. Uh, Brie introduced me to a little app called Finch the other day where you get like a little a little pet. I've got a penguin, I think it is, or like a little bird. And they give you wellbeing tips throughout the day and they you feed them and you give them energy by doing things like drinking water. Um, and me and Brie send each other little messages on it sometimes. And um, you can send your little visitors to each other and it's, it's really sweet and it kind of does help ground me a little bit. I also, um, 
play a lot of games to kind of keep myself calm so my my wind down hour on a night at the minute is playing uh free advertising for them but um disney dreamlight valley i i play a lot of games where you have to complete missions because that's how i feel like i can keep control and that's what keeps me calm that oh i just need to to fill out this checklist and gather these couple things and then i'm done with that and that kind of helps keep me calm um but there's loads and loads of different methods from societies sports teams just spending time with your friends and if you are comfortable speaking to your family i think the university experience has really helped me open up to my mum and and talk to my mum and things that might be an issue and i think it's it's good when you need advice in difficult situations that you can speak to people outside of those situations as well and kind of get an external view on that the old saying is like a problem shared is a problem halved if you if you share that information then that could feel like a weight off your back um, so I think these are all really good me- uh, mechanisms that we can use, but uh, obviously a lot of these are kind of for lower level, just your general well-being and looking after yourself. If you are at all struggling with your mental health or concerned, please do reach out for support. Use our avenues. Um, we have the counselling service. We also have 24-7 access to counsellors through the Health Assured app, so you can have a phone appointment with a counsellor at any time, and this is unlimited Oh, that all sounds so interesting. I, I, and I feel like fidget toys are becoming a thing, thing now that every, everyone should have uh, like handy to them. And like when they feel anxious or overwhelming, they just can like play with it for a few minutes. Uh, I think this is a time to say goodbye to our lovely listeners. And But before we go, as a tradition, I ask a, a quick riddle to, to you guys and, and to listeners. So you guys ready? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> I have branches, but no fruit, trunk or leaves. What am I? I know, I know it. A family tree? No. Oh. Right, okay. Oh, oh that's a relief. That's oh. a relief. Oh, shit. That's, yeah. a, that's a different answer to the riddle that I've heard before then. Right, yeah. A fireplace. <laughs> like a fire. No, no you're with far fire. away from it. No, because no. I hate when I don't get riddles because I used to have an obsession with riddles. <laughs> but what you can do, you can ask our listeners to help you out. Please tell me the answer because this will annoy me. Could until... it just be branches on the ground? <laughs> no, no. And find out the answer in the next episode. And thank you for your support so far. And thanks, Bree and Grace, for being on the podcast and sharing our experience. It was uh, a really insight for me and for the listeners. No worries. Thank you for thank listening, you. guys. Thank you, guys. Yeah, see you, see you in the next one. Peace.